Whether it's comedy, action adventure, drama, horror, and everything else in between, all movies at least have one thing in common. They all share a message with you. This is Movie Night Apologetics, where I, movie apologist Clark, review and examine movies and their messages from a Christian perspective. Well, what is up, movie lovers? Welcome back to Movie Night Apologetics Podcast. I am your host, movie apologist Clark, and today we're going to be going over the movie Fury, and we're going to be discussing the question, is everyone a child of God? And I'm just so glad and so stoked to be with you here today to be able to discuss this because uh, just from looking at one of the quotes from the movie, this is why I came up with like just this question is because one of the quotes of the movie uh, led me thinking to some stuff that is talked about in the Bible. So, but first, like always, I'll read you the description just in case you haven't seen the movie and you want to know what the movie is about. So that way I'm just not talking about jibber jabble the whole time. And you can know what we're talking about here. So if you haven't seen the movie Fury, it is it placed in April 1945 and it's about the Allies are making their final push in the European theater. A battled hardened army, this sergeant named Don, which his name's War Daddy, and he's played by Brad Pitt is leading a Sherman tank and a crew of five men and undertakes a deadly mission behind the enemy lines, hopelessly outnumbered, outgunned, and saddled with an inexperienced soldier in their midst. War Daddy and his men face overwhelming odds as they move to strike at the heart of the Nazi Germany. So I got to say right off the bat that this movie is definitely worth worth watching because I've actually watched it probably about twice now in the last few months when this was mentioned to me uh, for a movie review. And I would like to thank my buddy John for recommending this movie because this is a home run. Definitely a home run from the 2001 Space Odyssey movie. Like, the polar opposites, like definitely a great movie to watch. If you want to watch a movie that has some good action in it, has some great dialogue in it, you have to watch this movie. Because one of the characters I actually really uh, liked and I appreciated in this movie, his name was Bible. And it was actually played by Shiloh LaBeouf, which if you don't know who Shiloh LaBeouf is, he is... Or at least he used to play in a lot of different uh, movies. And he was like one of those famous actors for my day and age. Um, he played in Even Stevens, the movie Holes, Eagle Eye, uh, the Transformer movies. Like he's in a lot of different movies. And I, I don't know why he's like one of my favorite actors. And he played a, a character named Bible in this movie. And if you don't know Bible, he was this religious man. He was a Christian. And what I really loved about the character was that he would talk about his faith. He would try to convince others if they were saved or not. In one of the scenes when they got done with a battle with their tank and their fighting people, um, he was going out and he was praying over people's souls before they died. 
And one of the things that I really appreciated, because I think as a Christian, when, when you're a follower of Jesus and you are trying to talk about your faith to other people, oftentimes, I, whether it's your friends, your family, your coworkers, they'll often kind of poke fun at your faith. And you kind of got to see that a little bit in this film with the Bible character because you got to see that a little bit with his shoulder buddies as they were in a tank they were talking about, hey, you know, you know, do you think Hitler can be saved? And I personally love that scene because I've been asked that by my friends before. It's like, do you really think Hitler can be saved from all the, you know, stuff that he did? And so I really appreciated just kind of like the dialogue that they gave between the soldiers, between the young soldier that came into the crew and struggling with the, I don't know, I don't know how to say this. Like he was inwardly struggling with the fact of killing other people. And there was dialogue there that was happening. I don't know what I'm saying. I don't know why I'm saying dialogue a lot. And maybe it's because I don't know too many words. I don't know. But I really just love that. I love the conversations in the movie. Uh, they're just very impactful. One of my favorite scenes, and maybe we, we may talk about this later, not sure yet, but it, it was the scene where Shiloh LaBeouf's character Bible asks uh, the the young shoulder that's coming into the crew, he's like, are you saved? And he's like, oh, well, I've, I've been baptized. And he's like, that's not what I'm asking. Are you saved? And it's just, I just love the character. And, and one of the other things I love is that through all this battle and all this suffering and chaos that's happening, there's still some like light in there and, and within it, like there's still some laughing, there's still some joking, there's still, yeah, like, I don't know, I, I just really appreciated the movie for all that it had. And like I said, one of the things that, what made this movie stick out that I believe probably more than other war movies was um, just the fact that Normans struggle with killing other Nazi soldiers, especially in the beginning. I mean, I know towards the middle and the end, like he was just gung-ho, but for that first part coming in um, with him being a mechanic beforehand and then coming and joining the crew... I really appreciated the struggle of him not wanting to take another person's life because I mean that, that like you know and maybe all of them went through that at some point maybe all the other war movies like that's it could be implied but I don't know I I just don't feel like you see that a lot in war movies it's just like they're already just wanting to kill the bad guy the other the enemy their enemies but here you actually get to see the struggle with uh, this character, Norman, and killing other people. You know, war is sad. It's heartbreaking. And one of the things that I was thinking about in it is, I think that's why the God of the Bible is actually so amazing and he's so compelling 
versus all the other religions, and I say including Greek mythology. Not that I'm a uh, expert at Greek mythology or that I've studied a lot of Greek mythology. I only know probably a little bit, so if you're listening to this and you know more about it, um, please let me know. But one of the things that Greek mythology is, is about creation was created by these gods out of war and chaos and destruction. And versus the Bible, it's more rather creation is created out of love and order through the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit together in community with one another. And and, and that's kind of what I thought was kind of amazing um, just thinking about the whole idea of war and like you think of the Greek mythology in that and, you know, and then here we have a God in his written holy word saying in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth and then everything that he creates is good. And it's just that picture of like, man, everything used to be good and now what went wrong? What went from being a good and perfect world to now I'm looking at a screen and this is taking place in a historical event that happened 70 something years ago. And, and the, now the world's, you know, people killing each other. There's world war, a world war going on with the Nazis and the U S and, other countries and it's like what happened and so yeah it just it it just makes you think a little bit like if you really just like pause and think it's like how do we end up here when you're thinking of that and you know obviously the bible answers that it's sin and it's our rebellion and our rebellion against god and we're going to talk about that in a little bit the one thing I found really hilarious about the movie. I mean, it's not a comedy movie. I mean, there are some laughing points in it. But one one of the funny things that was funny about the video or the movie was whenever they shot like guns or, you know, the, the machine guns and the tanks, why did it look like something from Star Wars? Like they're shooting and it was like green and red lasers going across. It's like, what? Why? Why did they do that? And I, I don't know. I, you know, maybe there was something to it. I didn't look it up, but anyways. So, I mean, that's kind of my like little review, 10 minute review of this movie. It's just, I, I really do think it's good and it has some really interesting quotes. One of which that I'm going to want to talk about here in a sec that makes me question of like, is everyone a child of God? But before we do that, I would just would like you to go, not maybe not right now, but maybe in a little bit for you to go and rate the podcast. Because if you rate the podcast and give me a five star review, you um, will help me and help others find this channel better. Maybe not help me find the channel better, better because I already know it's here, but you're going to help other people be able to find the channel the podcast better if you rate it five stars and give me a five star review. And also that I actually have a discord and it's movie night apologetics podcast. And you can go on there and then you can chat with me and you can maybe give me a movie that you would like me to do. And if you do that on the discord, I will try to bump you up the list because I got a list going right now. 
And I'm just excited and looking forward to doing more movies here to come. So anyways, please rate a five-star review and look me up on Discord. All right, so now getting into the quote of the movie, which it really wasn't the most popular quote of the movie, but I felt giving it some attention because it is actually, to some aspect, I will say, there was some accuracy in the theology. And so at the beginning of the movie, there are these U.S. tankers, and they're stranded. They're trying to fix the tank. I mean, these are the main characters of the movie. And they finally get back to the camp, and the Sergeant Davis guy, I don't even know if we see him the rest of the film, <laughs> the rest of the film, but he comes up to the, but he comes up to the sergeant who's in charge of the Fury tank, and he's like, I thought you were dead, Coloner, and War Daddy, the main guy, he says, the devil watches over his own. And so this is an interesting quote for me because it leaves me to question, is that true? Like, you know, like I said, like, movies give us quotes, they give us themes, and we have to ask, is that statement true? Can it be true? So if War Daddy is not a believer in Jesus Christ, would he be a child of the devil? I mean, just think of it. I mean, he's like, yeah, you know, the devil watches over his own. Now, I realize that he could just be kind of like half jokingly say that like, yeah, yeah, you know, me and the devil would just go kick it. But no, but seriously, like, I mean, would that be true if he wasn't a believer in Jesus Christ? And so, and the opposite side of that question is, and that's where I come with the question, is everyone a child of God? And you'll see why I'm asking that given uh, and giving an answer to it. Because I think it's a very important question for um, people to know and to understand who are in the Christian faith. I really do. I, I really think this is one of those questions that needs to be resolved and answered with so that we way we can speak with some clarity on the issue. So is everyone a child of God? Well, for us to look at this, we need to look, remember that scripture is our authority. We need to look at the scripture and what it provides and see for ourselves what the answer is, right? Let's start with in John 1, 11 through 12. This is the gospel of John. We're going to read John 1, 11 through 12. He came to his own. So when that, when it says that, it means Jesus came to the Jews because the Jews were God's chosen people and his own did not receive him. So God's own people, the Jews rejected him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become a child of God. So whoever believes in Christ, God gives that person the right to become a child of God. Now, important key note to remember in this is it isn't saying mere knowledge about the person and work in Jesus because, again, the demons believe in Jesus. Um, it says that in James 2. Belief in Jesus is trusting that he alone saves you from God's wrath and certain and not only that, but you surrender your life and you follow it to the teaching of Jesus. Jesus says, if you love me, you obey my commands, and obviously not perfectly. 
So now let's look at John 8, 41 through 44. And this is a very interesting text because Jesus is actually talking to Jews that were seeking to kill him. They thought he had a demon in him. So, I mean, they were, I mean, they were doing some pretty, um, awful, or, I mean, their heart was not in the right place. So this is Jesus talking to the Jews that were seeking to kill him and thinking that he had a demon in him. You are doing the works your father did. And they said to him, we were not born of sexual immorality. We have one father, even God. Jesus said to him, to them, if God were your father, you would love me for I came from God and I am here. I came not on my own accord, but he sent me. Why do you not understand what I say? It is because you cannot bear to hear my word. Now here's where it gets interesting. And this is why I bring up the quote that I did, you know, the devil take, takes care of his own by war daddy. And here it says in verse 44, you are of, and this is Jesus. This is, this is Jesus talking to the Jews who are seeking to kill him and thinking that he had a demon. Okay. This is Jesus saying to the Jews, you are of your father, the devil, and your will is to do your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks out of his own character, for he is a liar and a father of lies. So Jesus is telling these Jews who are seeking to kill him and believe Jesus has a demon in him that basically they are the devil's kids. I mean, that's really heavy and quite honestly strong language from Jesus. I mean, Jesus did not, I mean, I think there's a lot of times mistaken in Christianity, especially in like progressive Christianity, like, oh, Jesus is just loving. He's just, you know, he just loves everybody and he just, and it's like, well, yes, but I mean, he had some pretty strong words and he is saying like, hey, your father is the devil. You're doing what he wants you to do. He wants to kill me. You want to kill me. So anyways, and this kind of thinking again is in first John three, which says whoever makes a practice of sinning is of the devil that <laughs> for the devil has been sinning from the beginning. The reason the son of God appeared was to destroy the works of the devil no one born of God makes a practice of sinning, for God's seed abides in him, and he cannot keep on sinning because he has been born of God. By this it is evident who are the children of God and who are the children of the devil. Whoever does not practice righteousness is not of God, nor is the one who does not love his brother. So, and again, just to be clear, when it says at the end, whoever does not practice righteousness is not born of God, or whoever makes a practice of sinning is not of God, that is not saying do a bunch of works to get saved and you must be perfectly sinless, but rather it's saying because God saved you, you by grace through faith, then you will practice righteousness and want to do good works. It's like, wow. 
I'm saved. I'm forgiven of my sins, man. Like all I want to do is follow Jesus and follow in his footsteps. And that, and that's what it means to practice righteousness, right? Like practice means like you're trying to get better at it, but it doesn't mean you perfected it. We don't get perfected until we reach, you know, the other side of heaven, right? Like not this side of heaven will we ever be perfect. So don't like, for me, when I first read this verse as an early young Christian, baby Christian, I thought, oh no, like I have sin that I'm still struggling with. And that's not what it's talking about. It was talking about is like, I don't care about my sin. I just want to go do my own thing and I don't care about following Jesus. Um, you know, that's very different than struggling with it and wanting to follow after Christ. So. Just, just, I just want to be clear on that because I know when I read stuff like that, I, I really want to be clear about kind of the meaning behind that because I think a lot of times, um, stuff like that doesn't get explained. And so if you read that for the first time, you could, you know, be in fear like I did. And I don't want that for you. So then Paul says in Ephesians that people by nature are children of wrath and in Romans that we are um, before we come to Christ, that we are actually enemies with God. So here you have this idea that those who are not born of God are of the devil, like it says in John and First John. And then you have in Romans and Ephesians, it's talking about being na- by nature children of wrath, by nature enemies of God. And the whole reason that I wanted to bring this up is because I think it is in some ways problematic thing for Christians to say that everyone is a child of God. And I want to give you kind of a reason why. Um, for people looking at Christianity from the outside looking in, it makes it look like God is a divine child abuser if we say, hey, everyone's a child of God. But yet at the same time, um, in order to be saved from God's wrath, you have to you have to believe and trust in Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sins, and that way you won't you know perish and go to hell, right? It, it, it just looks a little lopsided. Like okay, we're child of God, but we still got to be saved. It, like that kind of logic to me does not make sense. Why would God send His children to eternal punishment? Right? Like. It makes a lot of sense for an enemy, for God doing that to an enemy, but not a child, not a child of God. And you may be saying at this point, it's like, man, this is really hard, this idea of hell, because I don't know, I don't think I've talked about it that much on here yet. Um, and you may be thinking like, man, not everyone's a child of God. And I, and I just want to say, listen, this is a hard doctrine for sure. Um, and it, you know, if you're like wrestling with this, because maybe this is like the first time you've heard about it and you're getting into apologetics and all this, and you're trying to wrestle with these hard concepts, I just want to say, Hey, there's no judgment for me on this. Um, you have to wrestle it. Like that's good to wrestle with these ideas and just to keep pursuing truth, keep looking at um, hard questions like this, like 
Look up if you want to go read a good book. Um, read Case for Faith by Lee Strobel. It's got some really good apologetics questions in there, and and I think it would help you in your walk. So, kind of to help you a little bit more before we end the podcast today, let's just say that there's this kingdom with a really good king. He is fair, the fairest king you have ever seen or laid your eyes on. And then you got this group of people that coming in, they're just like, ah, we're just going to create chaos here. We're going to disobey the king's order. We're just going to disrupt the city and do all this, disobey his rules. And it's because they hate him. They don't like him. And this king has every right to execute justice on this group. He has every right to give them the death penalty. But instead of executing his final judgment on them by like either hanging them or cutting off their heads, he graciously and mercifully extends them an invitation to repent and follow him. Now, if they reject the invitation, would it be wrong for the king to execute his righteous judgment on them? And and the fact of the matter is, is no. He would not be a bad king if he did, because he is a good he is good and they were the ones who sinned and rebelled against him. In fact, the king who was gracious and merciful, he tried to become friends with them, yet they rejected his invitation. And that's in, in, in that same example, and I mean, I know there's, um, it's not a perfect analogy, but in the same way, that's what it's like with God, uh, and, and us. He offers us the forgiveness and grace, even though we have sinned and uh, rebelled and acted like the devil in some sense. So even though not everyone is a child of God, that doesn't mean God isn't good because he is. Because right now he's extending to you, if you're not a believer, an invitation to come and be forgiven of your sin. Because Jesus is the one that paid for your sin on the cross and he rose from the dead so that you would live with him forever. That is the good news, man. So today was a really good question to tackle with and talk about because I, I think it's a good, a really good apologetics question to ask. And we learned it through the Bible, through the little bit that I gave you. And I hope you guys kind of have a little bit more sense of what it means to be a child of God. And anyways, just thank you again for listening to this podcast. Um, one of the things is I watched this the, the end of this movie today. And I got to say, I probably missed the mark a little bit on maybe giving this topic. Like, you know, when I heard the quote, I was like, man, I really want to talk about this. But then after watching the rest of the movie today for a second time, I was like, you know, I probably could have went with this in a different direction of like, hey, you know, having courage and standing up for for people uh, 
it, you know, and like, you know, giving your life. I mean, uh, I, I guess that's the other point. Like, you know what? Jesus gave his life for us, just like the soldiers gave their lives for the people um, that the Nazi Germany people were going over to. And at the end, that they saved a bunch of lives because they gave their lives. And that's ag- actually what Jesus did for us. He gave his life for us. He surrendered his life for us. And that's the beauty of the gospel. But anyways, like, yeah, I absolutely love this movie. Recommend it. Hope you guys enjoyed. Thank you again for listening. Don't forget to rate me five stars. And like my friend Blaine always says, don't party too hard without me. What? Catch you guys later. Whether it's at home or at the movie theaters, Movie Night Apologetics exists to help you, the listener, know the Christian worldview through the movie's messages. I am movie apologist Clark, and this is Movie Night Apologetics Podcast.